coming up on this episode of This Is Woman's Work. All of those things, pain, PMS, anything that comes with your period that is typically not welcome is actually a sign that your body is seeking help, that something is out of balance. I am Nicole Khalil, and I truly don't know how I've managed to host a podcast called This Is Woman's Work for two years without covering this topic. Like, I feel as though I owe you an apology because it is something that impacts every one of us in some way, good or bad, easier or difficult, early or late, painful or not. We all have this in common, but somehow it still isn't talked about enough, often comes with a stigma or holds shame for many of us. Half the world's population experiences it, but many aren't educated or don't have the support, resources, or even basic necessities to handle it. It impacts our energy, our moods, our choices, our health, our relationships, our life, as well as other people's lives. It can feel like a blessing and a curse, a miracle and a pain in the ass. We hope for it at times, and other times cross our fingers and toes crossed that it doesn't come. We spend energy and money trying not to get it. And then we spend energy and money trying not to lose it. Any guesses? I'm talking about our cycles, our periods, menstruation, that time of the month, the red badge of courage, whatever it is that you choose to call it. But of course, I'm also talking about our health, hormones, fertility, and what my guest calls our feminine flow. We're going to talk about this totally natural, unique, only to women cycle we all have, but probably have very different experiences with. And I've invited who I believe is the best person to be having this conversation with. I met Stephanie Adler at a business retreat for women and felt connected to her instantly. And just as an FYI, that doesn't happen to this introvert very often. I've personally hired her to help me navigate through perimenopause and will attest to the comfortable, caring, and safe space she creates. She's a holistic nutritionist, female hormone and fertility expert, a birth doula, and a wellness coach. Her work focuses on supporting those with cycling bodies like us in balancing hormones, healing our guts, and really all things baby making. She's immensely passionate about dismantling the narrative we've been told about what it means to be a healthy woman. I know we can't possibly cover a topic this big in 30 minutes, but we're going to try. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me. Oh my God, Nicole, thank you so much for having me. And what an intro for our cycles as well. (laughs) That just blew me away. I I don't know that I've ever been this passionate about my cycle. (laughs) So I'm I was pretty excited about it. All right, let's start there. How did we get here as a society where women are so disconnected from their cycle, myself included, to be completely upfront? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great question and we have to go back several decades, really. Um, I think there's a few factors that have led women to be at this place that we're currently at right now. First, I think so many women experience a lot of pain and a lot of frustration around their cycle. 
And so it's something that we don't naturally want to tap into very frequently. You know, if something is, feels like it disrupts you from your life, feels like it takes you away from your relationships, from your kids, it makes oftentimes women feel dirty or feel ashamed around it. It's not something we want to deeply tap into and connect to. And so I think that's one part of it. And also all of those things, pain, PMS, anything that comes with your period that is typically not welcome is actually a sign that your body is seeking help, that something is out of balance. So when we can get back to that place of like, hey, I'm in balance and my period doesn't hurt and my period doesn't cause me to become a crazy woman for two weeks and my husband wants to divorce me, right? Whatever it is, then we're going to want to tap into that a lot deeper. So I think that's one piece where we've really become disconnected. Also, I think this narrative of I can do anything, you can do bleeding has really gotten us disconnected from it because in especially a corporate setting in, you know, women who are ambitious, it feels like it's something that holds them back and takes them out of commission when they want to be on point or whatever it is that leaves them again, maybe either seeking to not have it, right? And then going on birth control, hormonal birth control, which is the third main reason, in my opinion, why we're disconnected from our cycle, because it actually is causing you to not have one. Mm -hmm. If you are bleeding on your birth control, it's actually not considered a period. It's called a withdrawal bleed or a breakthrough bleed because a period is a cycle in which ovulation occurs. And ovulation is actually the main point of that whole cycle. And so when we're disconnected from ovulation because we're not ovulating, all of the power that comes with our cycle dissipates. And so I think that's kind of been like the perfect trio over the past 50, 60 years, as more women have entered the workplace, as our lifestyle has changed, which has caused periods to become more irregular and more painful over time. We have higher increase instances of PCOS, of endometriosis, of just overall symptomatic periods. And we have more women than ever on hormonal birth control, shutting them down from being even in relationship with their cycle. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack there. What could it be like in your mind? You know, what is the utopic version of this feminine flow and how we actually could be connected? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I'm working on creating it every day. So, (laughs) and I see it in practice with lots of women. And I also know we have a lot of room to grow with, you know, most of the population. I really think it starts with education um, when we're young. And what I think it could look like is educating young women when they're first getting their periods about what they can do to have it be not symptomatic helping them with the right foods, the right lifestyle hacks, stress management, maybe even some supplements, even from a young age, because our soil is just not set up to give us the nutrients that we need. So that one, we eliminate the need for so many, more than 50% of women who are on hormonal birth control are not actually using it for contraceptive purposes. They're using it to manage symptoms. And so if we can eliminate that need and also educate young women about their cycle, also older women about their cycle, right? So that they understand how to use it Uh, how to track it so that they can use it for uh, birth control purposes without needing to rely on hormonal birth control. I think that would be like huge start number one. And then we get to go even one level deeper, which is really helping women understand how each phase of this cycle is so unique. You know, a woman's brain chemistry changes 25% over the course of her cycle. 
That's radical. That's huge. And it's really impacting everything from your creativity to your sex drive to your metabolism and so, so much more. So if we can really give women that education piece and women start to flow through the world knowing, oh, hey, this is I'm in my ovulation phase, which means I should be having that hard conversation with my boss asking for a raise because he's going to find me more attractive, not in necessarily a sexual way, but just like on a pheromone like baseline way. Mm -hmm. And I definitely shouldn't schedule my like year end review when I'm in my luteal phase because different things are happening in my brain chemistry that are going to make me more likely to receive that feedback poorly. If we can start using this just in our everyday lives. Wow. I mean, what can become possible? So a couple of things popped into my head while you were talking. Number one, just to kind of reinforcement that so much of the structures we live in or operate in, especially professionally are designed with men in mind. And so there is a little bit of this, you know, we do the same thing every day, day in, day out. And then that is a little bit opposite of what you just said as being connected to the phases of our cycle and, and what's good for us in those phases and what might not be what to do or what to avoid. It's really, really interesting. And also a little challenging because of the structure in which a lot of us work out of isn't aware, supportive, or designed around that? What yeah. What are your thoughts? And I mean, I think in a utopic world, right? And I actually think we're seeing just more of a movement towards this in general, where more women than ever are starting to work for themselves or have more female-owned companies than ever. I do think that there is a way in which this comes into the corporate space and we can like navigate around this. I definitely think that is possible. I'm holding the vision and the space for that. And I also think that this knowledge then gives you the power to show up to those day-to-day -day things with your own perspective. And instead of being like, I suck at this, I'm problematic at this, or this is a me problem, we can really start to be, no, this is like a systemic problem, but actually I know how I'm operating within it and I can change the way that I respond or react to it. So I'll give you an example, this podcast. Typically I cycle sync my schedule and I would not usually come on a podcast like this on day two of my cycle, which is day two of my bleed. I would try and time this around like mid follicular ovulation, maybe even a little bit early luteal, but scheduling happens, right? Like, you know, you and I have very different schedules. This was the best time because I knew I was going to be on day two of my cycle. I was able to prepare for this in a very, very different way. Whereas if this was me a week and a half from now, I would just pop in here and be like, blah, 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 blah. but I got to approach this really differently. I took time to center. I really wrote down some thoughts ahead of time because I know I'm not my most articulate. And so it's really being able to change the way in which we show up in a situation based on that own internal knowledge and own internal compass. Mm -hmm. And that feels so empowering. Lots of good things in there. Another thing that popped into my head while you were talking is um, just this sort of frustration I've always had that most contraceptives are for women and how frustrating it is. And, and I'm curious your opinion on our opportunity as women to demand, I don't know if that's, but really stand for that it's not only our responsibility that there should be some ways that men play their part in making sure unwanted pregnancies or, or babies aren't happening. I don't know if I said that very well, but what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think it's the question of the century, you know, I have a, few, a lot of thoughts on it. And again, I think we have play with the utopic world and then we play with like, what are, is our current reality? And right now I'm so 
immersed in the current reality of so many women being their lives being hurt and disrupted by their hormonal birth control. And I'm more camp, like I want these women feeling better faster than like, let me hurrah, you know, like protest picket to like get men being yeah. more responsible, just not because I don't think it's not possible, but because in terms of like, I want impact faster. I don't know if that's going to be how we get it because, you know, they did try doing birth control for men and they actually had to stop the studies early because too many men were struggling with low libido, struggling with anxiety and depression and decided they didn't want to be part of the study anymore. Of course, those are symptoms that women have on hormonal birth control every day. Right. Um, and so there are some really interesting, uh, herbs like neem, for example, neem is your most commonly known for like neem oil that you put on your plants to keep bugs from eating it. So in India, men chew on neem leaves and it actually is a really effective form of contraception and also uh, neem oil, though it smells terrible can be, so it's contraceptive in a different way, but can be used um, internally actually as a spermicide. And so there are a lot of things that are like on the horizon. It's just more getting money into the hands of people who you know, are going to be able to make it happen. And I definitely think that it is someone's work. And I'm really excited about that being something that is in our near future. And also, I just want to name, like, if you are using FAM, fertility awareness method, the best, you know, you use barrier methods in relationship with that. And like condoms are super effective when used properly. You know, a condom can be 94 to 97% effective when used properly, which is technically a male form of birth control. And so I always right. want to like remind people that condoms are an option. Even the withdrawal method is 86% effective when used properly. So like there are things that I think men can do to like step up to the plate. Yeah. Okay. Really excellent point. So back to your work and what you're passionate about, what is cycle syncing and being cycle informed? Can you just give us an idea of what it is that you're doing day in, day out? Yeah. Cycle syncing is the practice of living your life in alignment with the phases of your menstrual cycle. And if you're like, Stephanie, what are you talking about? That's okay. You have four distinct phases. You can even think of them like seasons that you experience every month in your cycle. Okay. Those phases are your menstrual phase, your follicular phase, your ovulation phase, and your luteal phase. Things are changing hormonally. Things are changing metabolically. So much is changing, even with your immunity during these phases, as your hormones do a dance. And when we can learn to plan our dates, plan our important life moments, plan our workflow, plan our sex lives, whatever it is, there's so many things really it impacts. We can start to live a more cycle synced life, a more cycle informed life and use it as a superpower to really be able to live a way that is more easeful, live a way that is more impactful for us and for those around us. Okay. So just out of curiosity, I know people call their cycles a moon cycle. At some point, was this synced with the moon, with earth? You know, is there something to this concept of mother earth? I'm yeah. just out of curiosity. Totally. And like, as my training as a birth doula, it's really funny. We were always taught, you know, when you were taking on clients, like everyone's due dates, like, you know, will be spaced out throughout the month, but everyone's going to have a baby on the new moon or the full moon. Like that's like a very common thing. Like it really is tied to the moon. Um, you know, our bodies, the moons control the tides and our bodies are more than 80% water. 
And so what we do think is that before the invention of modern lights, uh, before the invention of toxins and so many things that influence our cycle, that women typically probably bled around the new moon um, and ovulated around the full moon. There's also evidence that, you know, shows that that probably made sense from a reproductive standpoint because there weren't lights, right? And so when gatherings would happen, large gatherings were often under the full moon. And that would be, you know, an opportune time for people to get together and for women to be fertile. Um, there's a lot of like, if you want to get into that stuff, like white moon cycles versus red moon cycles and pink moon cycles and like what they mean spiritually. But yes, it's definitely all connected to the moon. And if you're someone who's like that woo woo moon stuff is like, not for me, it doesn't mean that you can't cycle sync. <laughs> right. Okay, good. So how does cycle syncing support women at work, given that a lot of our listeners are working women, as well as other areas of our life, like creativity, relationships, physical, all that stuff? Totally. Okay. I'm going to really do my best to be like concise about this because I want, uh, there's literally, I could go on for hours about this, but let's talk about work first. So like in a more traditional corporate work setting, you would use your cycle to help best decide where you want to put energy and like how you're going to maximize getting the most bang for your buck out of your time and out of your energy over the course of the month. So during your menstrual phase, despite what most people think is actually your most intuitive time, you know, like the old story, old adage is like, don't make any decisions while you're on your period. Like actually the right and the left side of your brain are talking to each other more and have more access to each other. So you do want to be making decisions while you're on your bleed. Um, but really decisions around like, what is it that you desire? So I don't know if you are someone and like you're working on a big project, you could be really like setting goals and intentions for like what you want to get out of said project, out of your sales team, whatever, over the course of the month. Getting really clear on that is what you do in your bleed. And then in the next phase, it's your inner winter. I like to think of it as um, the more like masculine of the phases because hormone levels are really relatively low and you can think a lot more clearly your focus is really high you're really organized it's a really good time for like planning and focus so let's say you got clear that like you want your sales team to create x y and z so then you would get really clear in the next phase of like okay here's who we're going to pair who up to make that happen this is like the strategy and the yeah okay exactly that's like the strategic piece then in ovulation is when you're your most articulate. Okay. That's when like you're going and giving those outward presentations. That's when you're really like high energy, things are moving and grooving. You're making shit happen in that phase. That is like the height, the, the crux of the climax of the thing that you are creating. And then in the luteal phase is really the time to like come in on the back end see how things went, really clean up the back end, reflect, do like the numbers, all of the things before you get ready to like do it again the next month. And when we really start to plan it out and align it that way, it all just works so much easier. That's incredible. And kind of exciting, you know, to think that we could actually time certain things or like, for example, I've had times where a presentation I get off, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't my best. I wonder how often that's playing a part. And then there's others where I'm like, I crushed that and I have no idea why. <laughs> like I exactly. wonder how often that has to do with my cycle and I'm just unaware. 
And it's especially interesting if we work in an environment with other people, not just men, although that is like the misconception. So they've done studies that show that uh, when women are ovulating, men and women find that person's facial features more attractive. There's a little, there's a little pink to your cheeks. You're, you're like, things are slimming in the right area. Like it's actually biologically making sense because it's trying to make us more attractive so that we can reproduce. But like how, if we think about that, like how can we use that to our advantage if we're recording video content, if we're trying to get people to engage in us with, you know, in a certain way, they've done studies on strippers, strippers who are on birth control, don't make as much money as strippers who are not. Same thing wow. when they're ovulating, they're like actually releasing pheromones They're actually their features are becoming more attractive. If you know, if you work in a male structured environment and like you're trying to get a promotion or you're trying to get a raise, or like, why wouldn't you use that time to your advantage to have that person be eating out of the palm of your hand, yeah. as opposed to trying to do it like two days before your bleed, when you might be feeling a little bit bloated, you know, your body is just definitely in that, like, I want to go inward time as opposed mm -hmm. to like, Hey baby. I'm in my flow. Right. Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. So I know we can't go through everything, but tell us a little bit about how our bodies respond physically during cycle syncing. Like, is there opportune times to work out really hard? And then there are other, other times to be more yoga. Like, I'm just curious about how that impacts us as physical well, bodies, <laughs> physical bodies. I'm going to use the two that everyone wants to talk about the most, right? Let's talk about sex and let's talk about weight, right? Let's talk about metabolism. Let's talk about sex because that's what everyone always wants to know about. So First, in speaking about metabolism. So yes, absolutely. In the first half of your cycle, your metabolism is actually a little bit suppressed. Um, on the flip side, physically, your immunity is boosted, okay? Estrogen is controlling both of those things. It's boosting your immunity, but it's slowing down your metabolism. So working out, you want to prioritize more cardio in that time of the month. Okay. First half of cycle day one is like day you start bleeding day 14 is around the time that most people ovulate. We won't get into specifics there, but again, it's okay. If you don't ovulate around that time, focus on more cardio to boost up that metabolism and just get things moving a little bit faster. Second half of cycle your body is actually burning about 80 to 280 more calories a day, just sitting on your tushy, not doing anything special because you're producing progesterone, which speeds up your metabolic rate. It's basically like um, warming the nest. It's like, you know, trying to incubate if there's like, you're gonna be pregnant, okay? It means your metabolism is already sped up. So focusing more on strength training is going to really give you that optimal metabolism while also, in order to control your body, not going PMS crazy lady, you know, eating more complex carbs are going to keep that blood sugar stable because you're burning through it so much faster. So on a physical level, it's really changing our meta metabolic rate, which changes our food needs and the way that we exercise. From a sexual perspective, because again, that's really physical, there are certain times of the month that you are primed to be able to orgasm easier, certain times of the month that you are primed to enjoy more novel experiences, and other times where you need to be able to be in that orgasmic plateau a lot longer in order to receive and achieve that optimal climax. And so really understanding like, okay, when I am in my follicular phase, that's the time that we want to do more like role play or more things that are going to make me more novel and excited and keep things fresh, especially if you're in a long-term relationship is actually going to work best for your physical body in connection with your hormones. Whereas like in ovulation, like you're totally quickies are going to be fine. Like, you know, things like that. You don't need to invest as much time and energy into it because you're more primed to achieve orgasm. Okay. So let's take the 
sex part into fertility because they're clearly connected. Yeah. What does cycle syncing have to do with fertility? Because I know a big portion of your work is helping women who are struggling to get pregnant that want to and have tried all the other things or a lot of the other things. Um, so how does, how does cycle syncing help with fertility? Yeah. So, so far we've been talking a lot about how what's happening in your cycle is going to impact what's in your life. It goes both ways. And so what's happening in our life is impacting our cycle. And so if we start eating in a way that is supportive of rising the right hormones at the right time and switching that at the right time, right? You know, promoting the rise and not too much rise of estrogen and then supporting the rise of progesterone, right? Which is progestation, a very important hormone for fertility. If we're doing the things in our diet, if we're doing the things in our lifestyle that support that, it naturally supports a more fertile cycle. And so it's really like the chicken and the egg when your cycle is giving you input and you follow it. And then you're also doing the things that are right for your cycle is when we start to see much more fertile cycles and much more fertile bodies. Um, a good example, of this around how cycle syncing can impact fertility. So especially egg quality is something I'm always talking about with young women and with older women. I mean, if, if you're a younger woman in your you know, 20s to early 30s, like we really wanna focus on preserving egg quality. Later on, we really wanna focus on improving it. So during ovulation, there's naturally more blood flow to your ovaries, there's naturally more blood flow to that region of your body. You know, with male reproductive cycle or reproductive organs, we see that much more clearly, right? Like men don't walk around with erections all day. You know, like- We're <laughs> led to believe sometimes, but yes, yeah. okay. <laughs> no, they're not really what, like they're, it's, yeah. only work, it's only activated when there's blood flow. Our organs are the exact same. We're just not seeing them. And so if there's not a lot of blood flow there, that means that, that the highway with all of the nutrients that we want to send to those ovaries, that we want to send to those eggs aren't super active, but around ovulation, it's a lot more active. So we can really prime making sure that we're getting extra antioxidants, extra anti-aging nutrients that are going to have that highway, more blood flow to those ovaries to positively impact egg quality. If we know, Hey, around this time is when that's going to be happening. Let me really optimize getting like all the superfood smoothies, whatever it is to that, you know, part of the body during that time of the cycle. And that's just one small example. Yeah, no, it, it, I mean, it's fascinating. Now there are plenty of women who don't want to get pregnant either ever or at certain phases of their life. What are your thoughts, you know, as it relates to cycle syncing and birth control or how to protect? I mean, we hinted at it a little bit earlier, but I'm just curious uh, where cycle syncing fits in when you're not trying to get pregnant. Totally. Great question. Um, I think it is the biggest lie and misconception we have been told as women that the only reason for our cycle is if you want to get pregnant and that that's the only reason we should care about it. And like, if you don't care about it, stay on birth control and like your troubles are gone because there are so many health benefits, so many health benefits to ovulating every month, better sleep, better immunity, better literally everything in your body, like better, just overall metabolic function, overall better health. And so whether or not you decide you want children now or in the future or never, there is so much benefit to just every aspect of your life by being able to tap into the power and the rhythm of this cycle. And more so, I mean, when we talk about fertility, it's just like, we're talking about like cell health, right? 
we're all made up of cells. And so whether or not you want your cells to be healthy to help you reproduce or whether or not you want your cells to be healthy so you have optimal energy and feel amazing in your skin, they're the same to me. And yeah, I just want everyone who's listening to this who does not desire children to not think that you are left out of this conversation at all. Yeah, agreed. So my last question is how can we start or begin practicing this in our lives. So for the people who've never heard of cycle syncing or who are like, this is a little woo woo, but I'm open. I'll give something a try. Where would you recommend we start? Totally. Um, and for anyone who's like, this is woo and I'm going to give it a try, please indulge me because I have converted some of the like most straight laced people into this practice because it really can support them so much in their very not woo endeavors. Um, <laughs> and like, actually there's a whole separate conversation around the word woo being very patriarchal. So anyways, <laughs> for another podcast. Um, but yes, the way that we can start practicing this first, start tracking your cycle. Okay. And if you are on hormonal birth control, like I highly encourage you to have a conversation with me, have a conversation with some practitioner who can give you some resources around like how you could potentially transition, because I just want you to be able to experience what it feels like when your hormones are are really causing that change in your body. And that said, you can still cycle sync without it. You can still live your life in this rhythm on that path. And I bet you're going to like the way it feels because women live this way for thousands and thousands of years. And it's, you know, in your genes and then just imagine how great it could be without it. But basically one, start tracking your cycle and start getting familiar with those phases, right? Start playing around with like a few different data points. You know, how do I feel physically? How do I feel emotionally? How do I feel in my relationships? How do I feel sexually? How do I feel in terms of creativity? How do I feel in terms of, you know, just overall energy, things like that. Just kind of keep like a little cycle journal of like what that feels like over the course of the month. And you'll start to see what that looks like. And then choose one area. Maybe you choose food for month one you know, and you start eating warmer foods in the first, you know, around your bleed and then more cool raw foods during ovulation and then more warm foods again, and just see how that physically feels in your body. And then maybe the next month you'll go into movement and you can just start to layer in new things as you go. Um, take it as slow or fast as you need to, but just, just start paying attention, I think is the biggest way to get started. We're going to share your website with people. And I know you have a, a food guide on there. Um, what other resources might you suggest or share like for tracking or just what's out there that we should be testing out, getting yeah. our hands on? So many things. Um, I mean, I definitely think like tracking apps can be really helpful. One that I particularly like is called Kendara. Some people really like the flow app. Um, there's also a product that I love. I honestly like should be an affiliate for them or something because I just recommend it to everyone, but I am not. It is called temp drop. It's like a really easy way to like track your BBT th thermometer, which gives us so BBT temperature. It is a thermometer that you wear on your arm overnight. And it's just like a really awesome way to give us clear data around when you ovulate the health of your cycle. There's so much. And if you don't know how to interpret that, that's fine. You could either get the book, um, taking charge of your fertility or, you know, work with a practitioner. And then the last, um, resource guide I can offer is Alyssa Vitti is like a queen of the cycle thinking movement. She and I differ a little bit in some regards, um, but she's an awesome place to get started and has some really great books as well. Thank you. Okay. So if you're listening, make sure you follow Stephanie. Uh, you can visit her website at stephanieadler.com. It's S-T-E-F 
A-N-I-E-A-D-L-E-R.com. We will put it in the show notes as well as a link to the free uh, download, the Fem Powered Food Guide that we mentioned. Um, and you can follow her on Instagram at Stephanie Adler Wellness. Uh, Steph, thank you so much for being here today. I feel like we could have gone <laughs> at least a couple hours longer, um, but lots of great stuff in a short period of time. Yeah, definitely. I do have one more quick thing to offer just for anyone who's listening to this, who's a coach or any sort of leader in a feminine space. I have a new program coming out that is specifically designed to teach leaders and coaches in how to empower their clients, employees, whoever they work with through cycle syncing. And so if this is of all interest to you, like definitely reach out because I'm so excited to change the world through this practice. That is incredible. And I know the vast majority of our listeners are women and at work and corporate business owners, things like that. So <laughs> I'm hoping you're going to get a lot of follow-up on that. Should they visit your website? Probably come find me on Instagram or contact me through my website, either one. Okay. Yeah, it's like brand new program. So like website is still in design as we speak, but launching um, next month. And so just don't want to send people somewhere where it might not be yet. <laughs> awesome. Okay. In the words of Stephanie Adler, a woman's cycle is her superpower. And when a woman can work in harmony with her hormones and harness that power, her potential is limitless. Ladies, it's time we embrace what makes us us and reject the shame, stigma, and discomfort that gets associated with it. Your body is yours. It's not up for discussion, not open for opinion. It is a gift, a miracle, a temple, and should be valued as such. And I believe we must reclaim the narratives, the decisions, regulations, access, the education, and the power of our feminine flow, because that can and should only be woman's work.